In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The most important thing is, can you hear me? Yes. Right. If you any problems of hearing, just give me a wave. I'm, this, this microphone is slightly on the side, and I tend to move a bit when I'm in the pulpit. But what a pleasure it is to be here at the St. Mary's Tuxedo Park today and to be alongside Father Robin, my former seminarian, and uh, Peter Datos, former church warden uh, at the Church of the Transfiguration in Manhattan. Uh, it's in fact not my first visit to St. Mary's. I was here, I was thinking back, I think it was 1984 when I was a postgraduate student at General <coughs> Seminary. I came with friends, uh, and a friend of theirs was a priest from England who was preaching here. So. It's very nice to come back to St. Mary's. But it's also special to visit a parish on the occasion of confirmations and receptions, both as signs of a healthy spiritual life in the church. And to Michael and John and Odetta and Robert, thank you for doing what you're about to do, to stand up and declare your faith in Jesus Christ. That's not the fashion of the day. I would, I would say that in the, at least in the, the Western world, the fashion is to sit on the fence. Commitment and faith and belief are sort of sometimes in the too hard basket. And it's very refreshing when people are prepared to stand up and actually declare their faith in Jesus Christ. And the other thing I want to say to you is thank you for doing what you're doing because for many of us, and I'm speaking on my own behalf as well as uh, others of you, who may have been around the things of faith for a long time, uh, around the church for a long time, and sometimes one gets a bit weary, um, sometimes discouraged, sometimes even a little bit cynical. And it's very encouraging when people stand up and say, yes, I want to believe, I want to stand up for the Church of Jesus Christ. So uh, your example today is giving us encouragement in our journey of faith. But what a lovely day to have um, confirmations and receptions. This day is often known as the birthday of the Church. We could sort of say, happy birthday to ourselves. Um, that wouldn't be out of place. But the fact of the matter is, on the day of Pentecost, which we heard about in that first reading, the Holy Spirit came upon that somewhat dispirited group and filled them with a new energy, a new confidence, uh, and so much so that they were able to speak of the things of God with power and with boldness. Just a little bit of background to the day of Pentecost. It's the name of a Jewish festival. It's called Pentecost in the New Testament. That's its Greek name. It was the festival that came 50 days after Passover. Now, any of you who've got Jewish friends will know that Passover this year <coughs> fell on Easter Day. And in fact, today is the feast. It's now called in Hebrew Shavuot. And... Uh, so if you've got Jewish friends, they're having a festival today. It's the day of Pentecost. And the New Testament, or particularly St. Luke in Acts, took that framework 
if you like, and use it as a model for God's action with his people in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And the, the reality is that our Easter, you know, we often use that term Paschal. Uh, it's another word for Easter, which in itself is a translation of Passover. So our word for Easter and Passover are all intertwined. And so today is the end of what we call the Paschal Feast. It's the end of the Easter season. The great 50 days of Easter from uh, resurrection through the ascension to the day of Pentecost. And if you like, at the three feasts describe the fullness of the mystery of the exaltation of Jesus Christ. He was raised from the dead and made bodily appearances. He ascended to be with the Father and in a sense descended in the Spirit to fill the church, people like us, with his Spirit. And we often sing that wonderful hymn, Lord and Throne in Heavenly Splendor, Christ is risen, ascended and glorified, and we have received the gifts uh, of that risen and glorified Christ through the activity of the Spirit. And in that first lesson from Acts, you heard of the description of that first Pentecost, the, the three signs of the, the, the wind of the Spirit. And that picks up that theme from right back from the book of Genesis, that the, the wind or the Spirit of God, it's the same word in Hebrew, ruach, the wind of the Spirit blew across the waters, the creative energy of God. And so in the day of Pentecost, the creative energy of the the maker of the heavens and earth itself was present. And then that, the tongues of fire, the symbol of fire is a, a symbol of God's life-giving energy, that, that fire that came down on the uh, Mount Sinai and, and, and uh, upon Moses and, and uh, gave the Ten Commandments, that, the symbol of fire which led the, uh, the children of Israel through the desert by night. These are ancient symbols which the, the writers of the New Testament sort of embedded into these experiences, trying to make sense of what was new experience for them, but trying to contextualise it in the total work of salvation of God. It was all part and parcel of God's saving activity throughout the ages. And then last but not least, everyone present that day, and the reader was listed all those places that, in fact, they were all the places of the known world of the time, all around the Mediterranean world, so the ancient world. And so there were people from every country, and the, the miracle was, not just that they spoke languages, but that everyone understood. That's the point of the, that sign, that everyone understood the wonderful things that God was doing, they heard. Now we all know communication is very important. If we turn off this microphone and say, well, I can't hear Bishop, Bishop St. Johnny, I can't hear what he's saying. So it's very important that we hear, that we listen to each other. And you know how difficult that can be. Um, you know, in families, among friends, in communities, we often don't listen to each other. And then this misunderstanding, we get, we get the, wrong, the wrong end of the stick, as we say. 
and there's a division of problems between people. But what was important on that day, everyone understood what was being said and they responded accordingly. At the end of the Peter's, Peter's uh, we heard the beginning of Peter's speech, it went on a bit, and uh, at the end of his speech, people cried out, well, what must we do to be saved? And Peter said, repent and be baptised. All of us are here because we are part of the baptised. We have been baptised into the the Easter mystery into the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what baptism is all about. And that we share in the gifts of the Spirit through baptism. And that brings me to that, uh, well, brings me to the confirmation service because the candidates will come out front and the first thing I ask them, I remind them and ask if they still uh, affirm their baptismal promises. I'll say, do you reaffirm your renunciation of evil? And do you renew your commitment to Jesus Christ? They're summaries of the baptismal promises which were made either by ourselves or by our godparents at some stage. And so, in the confirmation service itself, we're celebrating baptism and following those questions, I'll ask all of us, to reaffirm our baptismal covenant. Because it's through baptism that we receive the gift of God's Holy Spirit. And that brings me to that second reading, a lovely second reading from St. Paul, where it reads, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God, for you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. You have received a spirit of adoption. And when we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God and the children and we are heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If in fact we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. What amazing words. And our baptisms, and the fact that we're sort of celebrating our baptisms today uh, in this confirmation service, because it's the day in which we receive the Spirit, our baptisms remind us that in baptism we were given a special identity, that we also, through the Spirit of God, are children of God, able to cry out, Abba, Father. Now, like all families, my family's a little bit complicated. Uh, my eldest nephew, who's also Richard, um, married an Israeli. And uh, my great-nephew, who's now nearly 40, whose name is Boaz, grew up in Israel and speaks Hebrew as his first language. But I always remember them coming to visit me in Australia, where I used to live. And uh, uh, young Boaz, at the age of about one and a half, running around the house crying out to his father Abba Abba, Abba, Abba and it used to amuse me but it made such sense of that passage, it wasn't just simply saying to the Lord God Father, you know, here I am you know, 
your obedience of your good son, but it's, it's dad, dad, Abba, Abba. It's a very intimate relationship that we have through the Spirit with God. The parent-child relationship, it's that intimate, that personal. It's a wonderful passage. When you're feeling down and out or the world's against you or things are not going right, just say to yourself, Abba, Father. There's a lovely story told about uh, a Franciscan monk who was standing in the forest and his brothers went off to do something and, and uh, when they left him, he was standing there just praying by himself. And when he came back, um, he had tears streaming down his face and he was saying, Abba, Abba. The simplest of prayers, but reaching out to the God who gives us identity as his children <coughs> now. And if nothing else today, just keep that in mind about yourself and about, and about each other. I find, sometimes find it helpful if someone's giving me a difficult time or difficult to deal with or, you know, you simply don't like them very much. Uh, it's sometimes good in your prayers to just say, yes, so-and-so is also a child of God. It helps in your relationship with them. <laughs> it might just soften, soften the edges a bit. Like, but also say it to yourself, I also am God's child and loved as I've always been loved. But last but not least, I just want to say something about the gospel, but there's two lovely phrases there which help us amplify our understanding of God's Holy Spirit. And there are two words in that gospel. The first is um, the description of the Holy Spirit as the advocate. Some of you would, uh, who know the authorised version well will know in the authorised version it is the comforter, the comforter. Um, the Greek form is used in some translations as paraclete. Now I used to be a lawyer in days of old and I rather like advocate because the advocate is the person who stands alongside you and pleads your cause. And I sometimes think my cause needs a lot of pleading. So I'm glad that the Holy Spirit, the advocate, is there. Pleading before God. Giving our cause before God. Standing in for us in heaven. And there's that lovely sense further on in Romans 8 chapter about the Spirit interceding for us before the Father sighs too deep for words. It's a, a beautiful image of God's Spirit advocating on our behalf. And the other phrase I like is that the, that the title Spirit of Truth. And further on in John 16, John goes on to say, the Spirit of Truth who leads us into all truth. In the things of faith, um, some people think we need to know everything now or we wish we could know everything now, we could understand fully. Brothers and sisters, full understanding awaits the day when we stand face to face with our Maker. In the meantime, thank God for the Spirit of Truth who leads us into all truth. That we, I hope that all of us, see that we're caught up in the dynamic of the Spirit who's leading us into the truth 
which is God, the very heart of God, which is love. And that is a lifetime's work and beyond. So we give thanks today for the gift of the Spirit who gives us the energy, the uh, ability to do our ministry and mission as God's church that fills us, gives us a sense of identity of who we are, who leads us into all truth and stands alongside us. So thanks be to God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank <laughs> you.